Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you're feeling sad and low, we will take you where you gotta go. Smiling, dancing, everything is free. All you need is positivity. Colors of the world. You're supposed to sing it. What is it? We are the girls? Spice up your life. Oh, okay. Colors of the world. We are the girls. Every boy and every girl. (laughs) Say it. uh, uh, Sweeten up your life. People of the world. Sweeten up your life. Ah, uh, slap it to the left. If you're having a good time, shake it to the right. If you know that you feel fine, cheek it to the front. Ah, uh, ah, uh, go round. This song has been in my head for two weeks straight. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. It's going back and forth between Spice Up Your Life and Fernando by ABBA. And I don't know what my brain is trying to tell me, but I think it's to shake it loose a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> We're getting shooken because it's May, baby, and I'm ready to dance. Welcome to page seven. Let your freak flag fly, which is what they used to call my penis in college. <laughs> I think that's my what freak we flag. still call your penis. <laughs> uh, welcome, guys. I'm Jackie. You know, I'm just singing. I'm Molly, and I'm just listening. Whoa. You're a good listener. And that's what's magical about you. And it's really important in a podcast to never speak and just listen. I will say that Molly is a very good (laughs) listener. Yes, definitely out of the three of us, Molly is by far the best listener. Oh, yeah, for sure. Every time someone else is talking ever in my head, it's just like, me, 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 mine, 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 my thoughts are mine. Uh, hi, I'm Holden McNeely, whatever. You know, I feel like people, I feel like everybody that's listening needs to know, because if you're not a part of our Japanese community, Holden and I do our Japanese Twitch stream every Friday, and he says whatever to me a lot. And I think that you guys need to know. It's because he puts me in whatever jail a lot. If I'm saying something that he doesn't enjoy, he puts me in whatever jail. And I get whatevered. And the bars get clunked down. I have little jail. I have now, be after last stream, I now have these jail bars that I can literally just slide in front of Jackie whenever I want <laughs> because whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm not being put in whatever jail on this show. I, I refuse to be. No bars. It's no bars hole held. 
He's doing the I don't know you let's see hand motions. Molly. <laughs> Molly. Yeah, now that we're not recording in Skype, we can't Golden doesn't have his Skype emojis to silence you with. Right. We're doing Zoom right now. My computer <laughs> exploded. My PC exploded. Molly, I don't even know if you knew this, but I uh, yeah, so now I am now at least for now am using laptop it is laptops. Why can't I talk? Laptops like a caveman. Like yeah. a cave dude. Going, I don't want to get too techy right now, but going from PC <laughs> back to a Mac makes me want to get bitten by a vampire and and be cursed by immortality. Oh, that would be Are awesome. you watching season two of What We Do in what the Shadows? What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I am a G. You had it I am a G. <laughs> <laughs> No, my yes. sweet sir pie. I've gone hard. I'm obsessed with Matt Berry in that fucking show. He's so good. That show, I, I don't think the show could be any more perfect. It is what I've been living for week to week since it has been coming out. I get so excited when the new episode comes out. When do I? When does the new episode drop, technically? Because I just check every now and again to see if there is Wednesday one. nights. Wednesday nights. Okay, good to know. But, but actually with Hulu... Not to get too techy again. Oh, God, are we? Is this a twice episode? In like three minutes. You're like, not to get too techy. No, no, this is good. If you wait one day, they scrub the commercials. If you wait one, if you wait one day, they won't have commercials. What are you talking about? I'm telling you. Is that true? Yeah. This is a conspiracy theory. To I me. think it's a conspiracy theory because I think it like becomes a streaming show after the first day. But for the first day, it's like a TV. It treats it as a TV show. What is this? A Radio Shack podcast? Can I look? Look. <laughs> what do I have to get out my my cords? My HDMI? All right, let's talk. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what is it? Radio Shack. made artwork, and it's very good. Some of it's bad, but some of it I actually would would. Would I would purchase her skull piece? I will say that I would purchase her skull piece. <laughs> Parasilton, Parasilton, Parasilton. If you say it three times, page seven reinvigorates itself. Oh my God! Hello, Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton just showed up in my house. Get out of here! I'm sliving. She just wants me to come and sliv with her. I'm ready to fucking sliv. I feel like it would be hard to get her to leave once she does. Once you do invite her into your home, much like like a what we do in the shadows. I feel like, like a vampire. Anything. She is. She's. She might be an energy vampire, to be honest, because That's she's true. really. Really draining to She's watch. She's so low key, dude. She is low to the floor. She would win a limbo contest every time out of the gate. I love it. So, yes, we are talking about Paris Hilton has come out and started talking about her artwork. It definitely reminds me of like a Britney Spears type artwork, which I don't know if you ever followed Britney Spears's artwork because most mm-hmm. of it was her painting butterflies. <laughs> and it looked like it does look like a child did it. And I'm not saying that in a judgmental mean way, because right. if anything I would draw would also look like even less than what a child yeah, would it's do. It's not like if, Par- if Paris decides to start trying to put this in an art gallery and sell it for thousands and thousands of dollars, I'll definitely feel a different way about it. But it just seems like she is, has a creative outlet that is incredibly healthy and the exactly what in everyone should be doing right now, finding some way to express yourself and find peace through art. I mean, and honest, some of it I'm kind of down with in a certain way. Like the emoji one is very pop art she and actually a works lot of on collages. some level. And we definitely, you know, our good friend Carly Goodspeed, who also does a Twitch stream with Holden McNeely, makes 
awesome collage work. She mm-hmm. puts so much work and time into it and makes these beautiful, complicated pieces. And then it's Paris Hilton cutting <laughs> things out of a magazine, gluing them onto a poster board that probably could sell for thousands oh, of dollars. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, the, it's things like that where it's like, it's just a bunch of pictures of like pretty things and watches and then Sonic the Hedgehog is in the middle of one of her collages. I painted a cat. Yeah. Have you looked at the cat pictures, Molly? I love the cat picture. I think it's great. <laughs> the one that says it's just three cats and it says sliving. Sliving It's underneath. like a thing that a second grader would draw. There's three cats with a rainbow and a sun uh, and some flowers. It is very nice. I think that she's doing a good job. I think it's wonderful because a lot of it, you can tell it comes from a within where she's trying to make these mood boards. Have you guys ever made your own mood board? I'm going to go with no from me. Is that a no on that one, dog? <laughs> it's a no mood me, dog. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, is a mood board different? Is a mood board different from a vision board? Good cue. Interesting. Yes, I think okay. it is. So I'm describe the difference. What, what is a vision board? What is a mood board? I feel like a mood board is more of like what's going on in the inside. So if I'm making a collage right now, I would definitely make a collage filled with hot dogs and my little baby kiwi bird and, you know, the taxidermy mouse that I have sitting on my desk. These are the kinds of things I think it's of what you're living in right now currently. And I think vision board is what you hope to become. Uh, Can I make a little Mm. correction? It's what you're sliving in currently. Thank you. You're right. (laughs) You're right. You're right. You are right. (laughs) You and I didn't even get put into whatever jail for that. Oh, my God. Well, that's not even close to what puts you in whatever jail. And you know what puts you in whatever jail and everybody else knows. And everybody's been talking about it behind your back. Molly, is it true? (laughs) Everybody has been talking about it. He has been texting me. I want to be texted. (laughs) Yep. Sandra talked about it. Penny talked about it. No, no, you mean JC? Lenin. Lenin talked about it. That was a JC Penny joke. Did he get it? Whatever. Everyone's now, now always making J.C. Penny jokes. Now you're whatever jail. J.C. Penny jokes. They have great coupons and they have great essential fashion. Shout out to Jackie for uh, a Radio Shack reference and a J.C. Penny yeah. reference, Jeez. really bringing in the, the kind of what? late '90s peak. You know. At what time are we living in? I don't think Radio Shack exists. <laughs> J.C. Penny's, uh, you know, in an, an empty mall right now. I love a J.C. Penny. Oh my! I get the. Text. I love a J.C. Penny. I get texts from J.C. Penny whenever they're having a sale, and I stare at it because man, the coops are undeniable. <laughs> this is something that I've been thinking about J.C. Penny's and Sears because um, I've been reading the book Corduroy to. Um, Freddie and I don't know if you guys remember the incredibly sweet children's book Corduroy, but in it is that like, he, like Corduroy the bear? Yeah, the little bear. Oh. Uh, and he doesn't he like die by brutal like kniving or something? <laughs> what? Absolutely not. You must be oh. thinking of Paddington or another bear, <laughs> no, the Velveteen Rabbit, maybe. It's Paddington. He got gunned down. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough, man. He thought that raincoat was gonna save him, but it fucking doesn't, dude. <laughs> The corduroy is about a little bear who nobody he's in a department store a la J.C. Penny or Sears and he probably you would say Marshalls or Bloomingdale's but I didn't have those in Dubuque Iowa so my references were J.C. Penny or Sears and he uh 
nobody wants to buy him. Aww. And then this little girl sees him and she wants him, but his, but her mom says no. And so then that night, uh, she, she, the mom won't let the little girl buy him because he's missing a button on his overalls. And so that night he gets Yeah, but that's how you get shelves. a discount. You go up to the person <laughs> you say, this bear doesn't have a button. I want a discount. I get this woman on the phone. I, I, know, how to get, I know how to get a discount. <laughs> so anyway, the corduroy goes up the escalator and then he sees all these like um, beds and couches and lamps and stuff and he thinks he's in a palace but it's just the floor of the department store it's just like Sears when you go up the escalator and you see all the the chair the furniture section and this was exactly what the Sears was like in the Dubuque Iowa mall and so when I was a little kid and I read Corduroy I was like yeah he's like in the upstairs of the Sears and it like was so specific like I had a real life thing to relate this to a department store where there's all the beds and lamps and whatnot and I'm like reading this to Freddie and I'm like she there's no department stores like I mean right now because we're in quarantine but even in before like there's like she's not gonna know what is what this what the like reference she grew is up in because she's growing up in New York yeah there's yeah there's not I'm not taking her to like a department store where you go up and see the furniture store you know there's like right. Raymore and Flanagan here but like it's so I'm like love Raymore and Flanagan <laughs> I love Raymore and Flanagan I could do a whole podcast about Raymore and Flanagan I always say hey can we make this an R and F day honey? wait a second y'all y'all are dropping R and F refs and yet neither one of y'all gets put into whatever jail but I bring up a JCP and I'm the one that's penalized for it Raymore and Flanagan is much much more relevant reference than jc penny <laughs> is that true <laughs> <laughs> i also i have to throw this in there i now i now realize that jackie reading a bedtime story to a child essentially will consist of one actual page of reading and then 30 minutes of just commentary about the one page oh, yeah. of what? course you can't do that that's you how you get a discount yeah, you gotta get a discount <laughs> Look, I'm changing this up a little bit. The bear gets it, the child gets a discount. And then I'll rewrite it as I go. It'll work yeah. on my improv skills. This is, he really, this will be good for me overall. <laughs> yes, reading Have you read them, The Velveteen Rabbit, yet? Oh, classic. Not yet, but, you Ugh. know, Gideon has a Velveteen Rabbit tattoo. It's a devastating. Really? I didn't know that. Tra- yeah, it's a tramp stamp. I figured. Yes. <laughs> there is nothing sexier than The Velveteen Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, got a Velveteen yeah. Rabbit tattoo, and I've got a Runaway Bunny tattoo, the other devastating children's book about oh. rabbits. So not to mention The Country Bunny and the Little Gold Shoes, which is another devastating children's book about oh, rabbits. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. The Country Bunny and the Little Golden Shoes? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really remember what The Country Bunny and the Little Gold Shoes is about, but I remember that it was really sad. It sounds like he stole those fucking shoes is what it sounds like. <laughs> Or am I being country it, classist right now? Maybe. It was, I remember I loved the illustrations. I, okay, so The Country Bunny and the Little Gold Shoes is a 1939 children's picture book. Uh, it's about Cottontail, a small brown mother bunny who aspires to be an Easter bunny, which is highly competitive. Um, and only five bunnies are selected each year. She applies to be, uh, she applies to be an Easter bunny only to be scorned by the elite Easter bunnies, big white bunnies who lived in fine houses, who tell her to go back to the country and eat a carrot. 
Oh she my returns fucking God. The book is country classist then. <laughs> <laughs> it is. She returns to the country where uh, she, by and by, she had a husband, and then one day, much to her surprise, she had 21 cottontail babies to take care of. She brings them up very well, teaching them to be responsible, self-reliant, and cooperative by requiring them to be in the vegetable garden uh, and with do the housework. And then she returns to the big city where she not only aces the Easter Bunny job interview, but becomes one of the most celebrated Easter bunnies of all time, admired for her heroism and the skills she learned rearing 21 little bunnies. Wow. But she can't run away from her country past. It will always catch no. up to her, and she ends up t- t- turning to a life of crime. Oh, my God. It's just like the movie Glitter. <laughs> I think that I feel like Mariah Carey read this book as a, as a little girl and was just yeah, like, yeah. I get it. I'll never be just a carrot yeah. eating out in the <laughs> That is the name. The main character's name in that book is Hariah Carey. Oh, my. Oh, uh... it, it, it foresaw her coming. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying shooting loads, or we're we talking about yeah, something yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting loads. I, I actually was just upset because we had op- Jeff and I opened up some Easter candy that we had bought on sale, and the the name of the brand of the mix of the the uh, different candies is called egg fillers. Ooh. And then we made a lot of jokes about, um, that's really disgusting. Yeah. That's... Um, I don't want my spree to be my going inside of my vagina. Yeah, it's you know? upset. Yeah. But sometimes you need a spree yeah. in the middle of a day. Speaking <laughs> of spree. <laughs> Ooh, spree's the candy. Arguably yeah, better than sweet tarts. Are you talking about candy. sprees? I had no idea. All right, now I'm with you. Yeah, Arguably you don't want... better than sweet tarts, but that's uh, it's a bit mixed for me. I love a spree. Haven't, <laughs> haven't thought about sprees since the last time I went to Radio Shack, honestly. Sprees. <laughs> this is the problem with sprees, is I think they almost completely replaced them with the chewy kind. Chewy kind's okay. But man, the OG hard candy spree is where it's at, dude. I, would... I love to suck it down till it's a sharp little nub. Yeah. And then what I used to do is I used to suck all that kind of candy until it was a sharp. I would suck it into his little point, and then I would take it and I would pierce my gums with it. I think I was just obsessed uh-huh. with the feeling of the piercing of like dental floss. I think I like the pain of it. Oh my god! Is this I a love weird it. quarantine confession? Yeah. Yes. It's like the everlasting gobstopper. I would push a librarian out of a seven-story window to get the right now. <laughs> oh my god! But they'd be so quiet as you push them. They no quiet. Shh. Shh. Yeah, they just aggressively shh all the way down to the bottom. Shh. Um, Library scientists. Pop culture's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. This is a a quick sidebar I do need to bring up. Uh, I didn't send this to you guys, but I did smile a lot at this yesterday. I implore you, if you're listening to this right now, to look up pictures of apparently in the in this Texas aquarium. This man, they're killing it with the pictures. They needed to let the land animals have some space. So the zookeepers that are quarantined with these animals are now like letting the land animals roam a little bit more freely throughout the aquarium. And guess what friendship has blossomed? 
the friendship between the dolphins and the sloths. Now, the sloths love hanging outside of the dolphin aquarium, and then all of the dolphins are so intrigued by the sloths that they go up, and you know when dolphins do all the, like, the smiling faces? And they just love the goddamn sloths. <laughs> I don't know if you guys care about this, but it made me very happy, okay? <laughs> I love sloths it. Sloths and dolphins are friends, and isn't that great? I think this is the pop culture we have right now, honestly, is the zoo live stream. Right. Uh, pretty much. I mean, there's, you know, there, we have a, a, a daddy again, Elon Musk. Elon Musk and Grimes mm. uh, Grimes had a baby boy last night, and they are really throwing things to the ringer right now because <laughs> over the twits, he is claiming, I can't even pronounce it, of what they are naming this child. I believe that it's a phony story, but it, everyone is talking about it, that it's essentially... It's an X space. There's some sort of symbol that means, I guess it's pronounced Ash, and then A-12. They are claiming <laughs> to be the name of the baby, um, which essentially would mean that the baby's name is X-Ash Archangel 12. <laughs> and uh, I don't think that this is true, but he's definitely, Elon Musk is like shit posting the internet right now, pretending like all of this is true. I'm going to, I will say this. There are many a blind item out there about him really enjoying cocaine. (laughs) And so I'm going to go ahead and say that it is very possible that right now, as he is deep in the throes of some kind of amphetamine obsession, that uh, a a green light would be given to this sort of thing. Um, I completely could see it. I also, I do kind of, I know we're not quite at pop culture conspiracy theory corner just yet, but there is part of me that really does truly think that Elon Musk is from the future and that he's some sort of future robot that knows how the humans versus robot war is going to go down and he has come back to try and help save us. Yes, this is what I've decided on a long time ago. And I will say this. I know for a fact that he both firmly believes we are fully living in a simulation and also that he would like to die on the moon. I mean, on the Mars. Sorry, I would like to. You would like. Wait, to is this die a real Mars. thing that you're saying, or is this a fake thing that you're saying? And he's also one of the COVID morons, surprisingly, out there. Being yeah, he. I, I I wish that he was a robot from the future coming back to warn <laughs> us, but instead he seems to just be a guy who uh, can't do anything useful, but can tweet. Boy, mom and baby, all good. A few hours away. You know, just like, oh, he tweeted like a like a filter, face tattoo filter over the baby's face. Like, it's fine. It's fun. Live tweet your baby's birth if you're if you're into that. Uh, You know, um, no problem. But um, (laughs) I am not a large Elon Musk fan. And he's wearing a shirt that says Occupy Mars while he's holding this baby. Occupy Mars. (laughs) And it's got me mad. He wants to die there. It's got me mad. He wants to die there. (laughs) I know. He is. He really is. He's. He's. I think that he's most likely a hundred percent evil. Uh, there's <laughs> just something about the chaos that comes with his existence that I'm weirdly intrigued by. I get it. I get it. I know he's bad, but I think it's the same as why, you know, I went down a weird worm time of, you know, when I was looking at Paris Hilton's art and then I started really looking into Jim Carrey's artwork. It's things like that when you watch uh, of a choice that someone's making in their lives. And of course, you know, I know that making 
uh, Trump-inspired artwork is not the same as trying to uh, take over Mars. <laughs> yes, that those are not the same things. All these people, he's like Kanye. When they give their baby a Jesus name, you know, they yeah. think they're they're God. That's yeah. the thing. Or at it's, the very least, they are essentially the opening of Lion King. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, right, yeah. always an issue. When you think that your child is the chosen king lord of your existence right. when you are not a member of any sort of parliamentary <laughs> I think it is an issue if there is a crown upon your head and all the people of the village of the island cheer you lift on lift them high lift them babies high lift that baby, baby up give that mm-hmm. baby to an old man and let that old man lift the fucker up in front of all those morons didn't you do that with Freddy and Zelda when they were born just hang them outside of the, the New York City window and, and shake them for the neighborhood to see kind of michael jackson (laughs) (laughs) covered their face with a blanket hold them over the fire escape yeah it gives them a thrill you know it's just like what they're doing with all you know they keep putting the babies in the laundry basket in front of the screens to make them pretend like they're on a roller coaster ride it's just like that Yeah, that's cute except that you give Mm -hmm. them the thrill of the will she won't she uh infanticide (laughs) addiction plays hardball he would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, don't put Nicolas Cage in t- inside of a tiny basket. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Did you just do a transition? I liked I mean, it. Did you like it? Don't put I him in the basket. I am weirdly, fairly against the idea of Nicolas Cage playing Joe Exotic. And I am Me against, too. I'm against really? both of your ideas of being against that. Really? I can't wait to see this. I no. don't know. I'm Okay, I'm so relieved, Jackie, because I was like, oh, Me I'm too. being a I hater was scared. again. I thought I wasn't a hater anymore, but I don't want... Like, I get it, Nicolas Cage. I get it, Joe Exotic. They're two, it's like, they're two very, like, self-aware. I mean, Joe Exotic, maybe he's not self-aware. But it's like two, (laughs) it's like, I don't want the, like, oh, what if this great thing that is great on its own, Nick Cage, does this great thing that is great on its own, Joe Exotic. I worry it's it's going to be too much. Too much, yeah. It's exactly what we were talking about. Like, I would so much rather... Watch someone that is usually a little bit more reined in be able to expand a little bit more. Like, I still would love a Sam Rockwell in this character. You know, like someone like that. I don't think it's the first time. First of all, there I, I, there are rumors that Sam Rockwell is in talks to be a tiger. 
but we don't know yet. <gasps> oh my but god, I would love to watch him eat Carol Baskin's <laughs> husband. <laughs> yeah, he should be Carol up. Baskin's husband. Ooh, oh Either god. way, uh, I think the reason if if Joe Exotic wasn't the type to constantly pop off like a psycho at any given no- notice, I would yeah. maybe agree with you guys. But the fact that he really is such a hot trigger fire personality. I'm excited to see him get the Nick Cage treatment. But I will say this. I'm a bit biased. You could tell me Joe Exotic, or I'm sorry, you could tell me Nick Cage was going to be like Mary Poppins in the new Mary Poppins film. And I would be like, yeah, do it, dude. I, I want to see watch him. His choices. I want to see him do anything in anything. Bad B movie, phone in garbage. Wait, have you watched Color Out of Space yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. Oh man, it's like bad. I want like bad lieutenant Nick Cage as Joe Exotic. I think it'll be great. He might. I, it'll maybe be a little trickier with the more downplayed moments. But when he's yeah. just screaming at everybody in the office, like in all that footage. I think that's going to be fantastic. I don't know how I'm going to financially recover from this. I just imagine him <laughs> screaming that. But hopefully we will see the side of Nick Cage that I always love seeing is that more pulled it like like most of his character in Face Off. You know, like I love that <laughs> seething underbelly right. of Nick Cage yeah. when he's so bursting with emotion and yet is not showing any of it. Right. I think that is where Nick Cage definitely shines. Because I'll get I'm Sames though, Holden. I will watch Nick Cage do anything. I want to see, also, we potentially get to see full Nick Cage man-on-man stuff. And I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. Okay, so let's see what happens. Also, the bullet hole tattoos. I mean, come on. It's going to be great. Gonna be great. Uh, I yeah. do love is that the... the picture that is accompanying a lot of the articles that were sent out about it is Nick Cage in this studded leather jacket that is outlined in red leather and the the collar of it is in leopard print and also where do I get that jacket I want that jacket so desperately it's like I can't tell it's either perfect or it's too on the nose. You know, it's like, uh-huh. it's just, you know, it's just like, oh, the weirdest, awesomest, uh, you know, most interesting character in a documentary in years um, will be played by like Captain Weird. Like it does make <laughs> sense, but it's almost like it makes too much sense, you know? Okay. And right now, we want nothing to make sense to mirror well, the guess, world around us. I, I guess chaos <laughs> reigns. I, I don't really want to see anyone else be Joe Exotic because I think that what makes, you know, I think what's cool about documentary is that you just had, like, you could not write characters that are more uh, remarkable than the characters in Tiger King, right? Yeah. Like, a, a, and so that's what makes it so fun. And so to ha- then have somebody do it like as an actor it makes me be like i don't know if this actually can be done because it's it can't be better than what it really is you know like it can't be done better than what it really is but obviously narrative film has a place in the world and, <laughs> it and obviously but i completely get it man i feel exactly the same way and obviously the millisecond that that thing became a nationwide worldwide phenomenon Hollywood was just like, ring, ring, ring. You know, I mean, the furious phone calls between agents and producers that were going on. And even right now, like that 
project is is quote unquote based on this article that came out. And I think that that's all because of licensing stuff. Yes. And then and then Kate McKinnon is uh, supposed to do per- Carol Baskin, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, uh, and that's based on I think the podcast, the podcast technically, so that there can be all of these entities without probably bringing buying the rights to the documentary series. Yeah, but then what? It's all gonna come out, and I feel like it's gonna be one of these things, and not to be a downer, but I kind of feel like it's gonna be one of those things that after all of this, and after things settle back down, every time you think about Tiger King, aren't you going to think about some of the most upsetting, like it's some of the most upsetting days of our lives that is just going to be ripped back open? I had full on the thing! You had it as you watched it. It will always be associated with like this weird burnt smell that I was stuck with for two weeks and like just laying on the couch like (laughs) wonder what the next day was going to be. Yeah, dude. It's so weird. There were points of Tiger King that I had to stop it just so I could have my cry breaks (laughs) because I didn't know what was going on with the world. I'm worried that I don't think I'm going to want to watch anything about Tiger King after this. Yeah, it's going to be PTSD. Yeah, I think that that's true. I think that like Tiger King benefited from having everybody be home and wanting to talk about something together. I mean, it was a great documentary, but like it was like couldn't have been like a more perfect time for the release of that documentary. But I think that you're right. It might, it might have a harm from like the way that we're all, uh, you know, that certain things like, you know, spice world or whatever, like live in a very specific time period. This will live in the most specific time period attached to like a, like a global trauma. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so strange, but it was, it was the chaos we needed. It was right. so it was. chaotic. It was so crazy yes. that it was the only thing yes. that could possibly distract from what was happening yes. outside. It was like, this is so bad shit. I need it now. I need it in my veins right here, right now. But it will be interesting yeah. to see the different takes because there's going to be the more serious take. There's, I mean, I don't think the Nick Cage is going to be like a serious attempt. I'm down. I'm essentially down to see whatever Kate McKinnon wants to do character-wise, so... I mean, I'll watch her do yeah, I'll, most yeah. anything. I'm cool. So. I mean, I, I, I kind of wish she was in the Nick Cage thing, because that sounds like that would be a really wild... Oh, watching them fun. go head to yeah, head for totally. sure. Yeah, that would be fun. I hope Mel Brooks does a musical. <laughs> uh, you know, there's tons of stuff. <laughs> oh, you know there's going to be a musical there's coming. There's so oh, going to be... There already is. Remember, didn't we talk about this? The uh, uh, From the high pitch, from Wicked... Kristen Chenoweth is oh, starting yeah, to write music it. for it. They're already writing it. And yeah. They're already much, writing it. Much less like every single college master uh, production is going to be some. Oh. What? No, no, like to get their masters in directing. or There's going to be some, <laughs> some homemade shitty version of that musical done over, you know, in every written and done in every different way all across the country. I mean, it is just going to be a feeding frenzy. Especially when we hit the media drought, which is coming. So you, there better be some other crazy Or the ass. release drought, because we were just talking about this on Riverdale Roundup, where Riverdale is essentially this season is being all fouled up, if you will, because they can't oh, continue. Oh, yeah, it's because of the epidemic. I'm sure that's why the whole fucking it show jumped the, of the shark. Epidemic. It would have been really good otherwise. <laughs> it was, no, it would have made epidemic. total sense and not been extremely infuriating if it wasn't for the fucking <laughs> But also, they are cutting it like eight episodes short. 
hurt because mm. they can't keep making it right now. Man, I'm so excited to see them. So what's going to happen? Cram all that. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. A time jump. That's what's going to happen, no. ladies. A time jump. What if everyone watches? This is something I think about a lot. Uh, what if everyone watches everything there is to stream? Whoa. And then we finish it. We get to the void and we hit it and it's done. <laughs> and you know what happened? <laughs> then I'll tell you what happens. Sweet, beautiful Release. silence. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm living for the silence. The silence of the gods. Because I don't know about you guys, but that's what I've been doing. I feel like a fucking nuts house person that in my downtime, I have been sitting in silence. I, I will either read or I will just, Jeff will walk in the room and I'm just kind of staring into the corner of the room like I'm a dog that can see a ghost. <laughs> And he thinks that there's maybe a spider somewhere that I'm staring at. Earlier today, uh, both kids went into um, uh, my brother's room to do a phone call uh, uh, and uh, with, to wish somebody a happy birthday. And, and Gideon was like, I'm going to duck into my office to send an email. And I was sitting on the floor because I had been doing something with Zelda. And I was like, I'm just going to sit on the floor for two minutes. I'm awesome. <laughs> just stare. Just sit here. But that's the you difference. Like, in. if I have downtime, it's like <laughs> two, three hours. Molly's like two minutes two of minutes. sweet vic- personal two victory. Two glorious minutes of just <laughs> sitting on the. And our floor is now just covered in gym mats. I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram. I, saw I did. It just, seems very comfortable. <laughs> it's great. So if you're if you find yourself sitting on the floor, and you just happen to be on a floor made of gym mats. You can just really settle in. <laughs> oh, that sounds. That's that's really the dream. It makes me think of like when I would watch Wendy, and then I would take the bed because she liked that I'd sleep the, slept in the living room, and I would take the two air mattresses and I'd blow both of them up and I'd push them up against the couch so that the entire living room is bed. And then Wendy and I would just roll from the couch to the bed when it was time to sleep, and then she would cuddle up on me. Oh my God, I miss Wendy. Yeah, well, whatever. You can't see her. It's not bad time to do that right now. I miss my niece. <laughs> I miss her. She misses me too. I can feel it in all the I'm pictures. Sure she misses you. And sometimes Henry yeah. Natalie will send me a little video so that she can say hi. Yeah, she's thinking about you. Do you think she's thinking about me? Definitely. She's like, where's my yep. friend? Yeah. Where's my she's friend? She's not just thinking, I need food. I need love from whatever <laughs> no. is near me. <laughs> no. No. Specifically me. See, what we've been doing to really pass time, and I think it's been kind of fun, and talking about hitting a wall where you reach the beyond of Netflix streaming, and we are rewatching things from our childhood currently. And I recently, and I'm only bringing this up because if you guys have not seen it, I implore you to sit and watch the movie Stay Tuned. It is starring John Ritter, and yes, unfortunately, it is starring Jeffrey Jones. But put that aside for half a second. Because for some reason, when we were children, there were all these family comedies that were billed as family comedies, when in reality, they were very weird and very upsetting. And Stay Tuned is about John Ritter being a horrible husband that only watches the television and doesn't pay attention to his wife and his family, and yada, yada, yada. Jeffrey Jones shows up, gives him an opportunity of a lifetime to have all of the television he can dream of, but really it's called television, and it is a satellite dish system that has 666 channels where you sell your soul to be sucked into these, this station 
for the devil to watch you and play with you inside of the television until you die and give him your soul. It's fucking great. We watched this movie so many times as a kid, and I'm reaching out to you guys. If you've also seen it too, please let me know, because I thought for a while that this movie was made up in my imagination. I was absolutely obsessed with it. I completely, you know, when it's like, I feel like quarantine is really allowing us to find these little rooms that live inside of our brain to think about things. I haven't thought about this movie in a million years. Have you guys watched anything during this or have thought about something where you're like, I... Literally have not thought about that in the past 20 years. Uh, for me, first of all, big fan, stay tuned. It, it reminds me of the one, what's the one with, um, where they deal with the aliens? The parents? Mom and Dad Save the Universe? Yeah. That has with what's... John Lovitz? Thank you. I was trying to remember the name. Save John... the World. Mom and Dad Save the World. Nailed so this it. is, it's very weird that you brought this up. Similar to that. Same thing that I did. Same thing that my roommate did. We were bringing up Stay Tuned. And he's like, I always get that confused with Mom and Dad Save the World. It's like, fuck. Why did we all confuse the two? <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones is in both of them. But in one, he's evil. And one, he's the It sounds like they dad. have the same cast and the same premise. Right. <laughs> Except John Lovitz. But it's, and Terry Gar. And it's a, such a, it's another weird movie. It's another really weird comedy that's kind of evil. Like it's not at points. It's just sort of mean and evil, and not even like. Remember trying that to be weird funny? woman with the fi- like the fish woman? Yeah. <laughs> and mom and dad save the world. But again, oh, Rotten Tomatoes. Someday I'm taking you down, and I don't know when it's gonna happen. But it's gonna happen someday. Nine percent. Mom and dad save the world. Wow. Get fucked, Rotten wow. Tomatoes. I mean, it's a nostalgia movie, though. Come on. I mean, you. I don't think you could introduce it now and be like this is good right like it's only like that was that movie just like stay tuned that it's like you are hanging out on the couch on a sunday afternoon you pop on hbo hell yeah stay tuned is on although i'm throwing this out there stay tuned holds the fuck up okay jeff had never seen it before and he was like that was a very good movie like it's great Um, it's so entertaining and it's very uncomfortable uh, interesting. Well, I am, uh, maybe I'll go back and check it out. For me, I was telling you on Talking TV today that lately, Lexi and I have found that while we do our, we have Lego sessions together. We're building the bookstore right now. And while we're having our Lego sessions, right, uh, while we do that, we put on a movie we've seen a million times, Back to the Future, and another one of those that we threw on was Austin Powers. And Austin Powers... Ugh. The very first one. Molly, that was my exact reaction. It's so good. Is it? It holds up? It holds up. It definitely holds up. Dr. Evil is so funny. Like, his take on Lord Michaels is hilarious. I think the funniest part is Dr. Evil reuniting with his long-lost son, played by Seth Green. Is so their dynamic is so funny. And the way they make fun of James Bond movies and all this kind of thing. And just how dated 60s British swinging society is compared to even the 90s. I just remember sex. Yes, please. Yes, and please. was that in the first one? <laughs> yes. It's very, I mean, I loved the, those movies and saw them in the theater and just, I'm interested to see if two holds up. I'm, I bet it doesn't hold up quite as well. But one, actually, I think I find to be pretty legitimately great. All right. Honestly. Molly? One was doing something that had not... That One was a new... Like, the first one was like, a, oh, this is... And then I liked 
two, but it was like, oh, you're just doing the same thing that was good about one. Yeah, right? they just they just did that comedy movie sequel thing where they're just like, remember this gag? Remember this yeah, gag? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, a yeah, little yeah, bit different the, this time. It's not in the first one. Yeah. Let's do a different Unless you're thing. your Sister Act 2, because Sister Act 2 nails it. Yes. <laughs> or City Slickers 2. Another one really yes. reinvents the, the wheel. Five goes west, uh, of course. Well, uh, I've been meaning to tell you guys and implore to the world, I'm, I feel so alone in this, and I, I'm just... I'm. I know that that's probably just my fate, but I've been rewatching Unsolved Mysteries, which was something I started a few years ago, and then I went back to Forensic Files, and then I. Uh, and but so now I'm I'm watching Unsolved Mysteries, and I watch it on my phone because I share a room with a baby. I can't watch TV. Uh, I have to watch it on the headphones, etc. And so I'm watching Unsolved Mysteries on my phone to go to sleep. And, you know, Unsolved Mysteries is very fun because it's hosted by Robert Stack and like it's like forensic file. It's like any true crime thing, but it's from the it started in the late 80s and it's like tonight and it'll be like four stories about like a woman who was murdered by a intimate partner. And then like the fifth story is like a ghost in a house, you know, so yeah. it's like. It's like awesomely like true crimey, and then the fourth or fifth story is always some weird shit. Like, was that a UFO that was over Arizona? How long is are each story though? Like, what what is the investment time? Because I've been thinking about starting to rewatch Unsolved Mysteries. Oh my god, please do it! Uh, it's an hour. It's like a but it was an hour block in prime time, so it's you know yeah. forty five minutes. On, okay, okay, okay. Um, and then each story is like five to ten minutes, and they do a lot of historical shit. There's like a, it'll be like this person was on an orphan train in nineteen, and it was nineteen eighty seven. So all these people are long dead. So you don't even have to like worry about anything. Like it feels that's great. Like, it's like this person was on an orphan train in nineteen seventeen, and they're now fifty, and they're looking for their brother that Wait, was on the orphan train with them. Orphan train? Yeah, you know, there was a Like a train, train filled with orphans? Yeah, they used to do that. They put all the orphans from New York City on a train and then drove them to the Midwest. Is that why the Midwest is so nice? It's because they came from having no parents? It was a it was a labor thing. They wanted oh. the children. They they wanted like a twelve year old to work. Man, um, you know they can get in all those chimneys. <laughs> Man, you got a mine. You send a twelve year old to do that job. They can fit. <laughs> That's why I was fat when I was 12, because I was worried I was going to be sent to a mine. That's why I was so fat. But please. But Unsolved Mysteries is so satisfying because because everything was initially started in 1987. Every story that is unsolved now has an update and it's been solved. Like so it's like very satisfying. Because it'll be like, we'll never know who was the murderer. And then it'll be like, update. After this broadcast, the murderer came forward. And so, like, that's a normal episode. That's great that they do the update. The updates are the whole reason to watch. But aside from a normal episode of Unsolved Mysteries, there was a special that they did in 1989, season one, episode 15, when they were really hitting their stride, called Alcatraz. Alcatraz. And... Uh, it's about the prison island off of the coast of San Francisco, and uh, nothing about prisons are fun or entertaining except this episode, because it is about... Uh, so they tell the story of three um, prisoners who escaped from Al- Alcatraz. is a is an island in... The whole point of Alcatraz, apparently, is so that it w- you couldn't escape it, because it was an island uh, surrounded by water. 
in like the icy cold waters of the ocean and you couldn't escape it. And so these three prisoners uh, tried to escape in like 1962. And this episode is trying to figure out whether or not they could do it. And so Robert Stack and a whole news crew, just for this one primetime show in 1989, are there on a boat uh, in the San Francisco Bay trying to figure out whether these three prisoners could have swum from Alcatraz on a homemade raft to the coast, um, you know, and survived because these three prisoners escaped. Wait, did they all do the trip then? So, yeah. So, the, well, the three prisoners escaped Alcatraz and then they were never heard from again, but there's various people who said that they got calls from them afterwards or whatever. So <gasps> Unsolved Mysteries is here to figure out, did they do it? And they make a man who is a professional swimmer Get in the water, which is 42 degrees, and they make him swim from Alcatraz <laughs> all the way to the coast. <laughs> How else are they supposed to find out, Molly? How else are they supposed to find out? <laughs> they also make three professional rafters um, get on a homemade raft made out of prison raincoats and, and float also. And they have so many resources. They've got a helicopter. They've got a boat. They've got, like, it's like a live broadcast. They're like, Robert Stack is there counting three, two, one, go. And the swimmer just, like, waves and dives into the water. And they're, like, narrating. They're like, he's going to be so cold that he's going to be losing his bodily functions. When he gets out of the water, he's not going to be able to talk. And... The whole, it's like a, it's like an hour and a half long special. It's yeah. longer than normal. And they're just watching this guy swim, seeing if he's going to drown from Alcatraz to the coast of San Francisco. And then they're watching these three rafters do it. And it is the most entertaining shit. It's the most entertaining. It's the most captivated I've been by an hour and a half of television in years. I cannot <laughs> recommend highly enough that... Back in the late 80s, television, primetime television was just like, let's do a special where we spend what must have been millions of dollars <laughs> to see on this one stupid two crime show right. to see, to get this Olympic swimmer to risk his life <laughs> to swim. And then he gets, he makes it, spoiler alert, and he gets out of the water and his jaw is so frozen he can't talk. Oh Good my Lord. God. I hope that they at least paid him money to do that. And that he didn't I just suffer imagine... any serious long-term <laughs> issues from that. Jesus Christ. I just imagined Robert Stack just, uh, because I, is he like a fun, is he a silly man? Does he ever get silly He's not a silly man. No, that's what's so great about him. He's just like, he's the, so serious. Yes, he's the most serious man that there ever is. And so this guy gets out of the water and he's like, I feel fantastic. Like he's he's like a guy who swims in cold water for fun, you know, but it I really like Robert Stack is there in his like raincoat there. It's it's the craziest shit that I've ever seen. Like, how did they make this man swim 45 minutes in a 42 degree San Francisco Bay water to see whether or not these prisoners could do it. And his conclusion, they could have done it. Um, I just feel like Robert Stack is the same as Alex Trebek, where if they told me to do something and told me they believed in me, I'd do almost anything. Absolutely. You know? Also, shout outs to the recent Beavis and Butthead episode we did for Pop History. He is so good in Beavis and Butthead to America. <laughs> Every scene, he's constantly forcing everyone around him to receive deep cavity searches to make sure they're not in cahoots <laughs> with Beavis and Butthead. And it's so funny. And he plays it so deadpan, like, 
like Leslie Nielsen in Airplane, and that makes it so much funnier. I, so, he's anyways. so I forgot about him in Do America. Honestly, he is so Robert Stack is just like an absolute delight to watch. But he seems to show no knowledge of whether or not like I want to know whether or not he thinks Unsolved Mysteries is a ridiculous yeah. stupid show he right. doesn't he I'm I looking does. at a list right now I don't want to jump I mean we could do this list as our list but um he doesn't he sees this as theater this is his, this is very it's very important to him and how it was oh portrayed. God. He took it very very this is to him <laughs> he viewed himself apparently as the stage manager of the show that he was the host of something that was very important to get across. Uh well, wow. something that's very important for me to get across Please. is our fourth celebrity conspiracy oh god and it has oh. nothing to do with elon musk obviously being no. a robot from the future okay no it doesn't um it has to do with this is katie perry jean benet ramsey oh i love this one if you want to if you want to page seven deep cut go to watch uh high, high maintenance, maintenance <laughs> season two on hbo episode fagan where jackie and i have a little uh, conversation and Jackie in what will make me laugh every single time. Uh, totally deadpans. Katy Perry is John Benet Ramsey. It is so fucking funny. I'm not gonna lie. I've got some disturbing evidence. Oh that, my god! That, that I am excited to... <laughs> because one thing I do remember about this is that um, both Katy Perry and John Benet Ramsey's mother have brown hair. <laughs> what? They look similar. We'll get there. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, Mom. First things first. Thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. First of all, let's lay the tracks. Let's lay the foundation. On let's Christmas night, on Christmas night in 1996, child beauty pageant winner Jean Benet Ramsey was killed in her family home in Colorado at just six years old. To this day, the case remains unsolved with her parents as suspects. Of course, also, much deeper dive on this last podcast on the left has done an episode. It's a very, they killed the John Benet Ramsey. Well, they didn't kill John Benet Ramsey, <laughs> but they do it. It is a great, great uh, episodes of by them. Or was it murder? <laughs> Others have a different theory that she was accidentally kidnapped by Illuminati members. Oh. Her parents staged her death 
and she would later return to the world as pop star Katy Perry with the big hit song, I Kissed a Girl. Did you kiss her at a beauty pageant in your childhood? Oh my God! Let me show you the evidence so that I may destroy the fears that live within you and make them somehow into greater fears. Pictures of Katy Perry side by side with Jean Benet Ramsey look very similar, which is especially noted in the similarity of the eyebrows. So oh. interesting that you decided to grow your eyebrows out, Jackie. Because oh my God, am I this. hiding a secret past? Are you, yeah, are you, were you trimming them because you were some suspected dead child? Maybe. Also, also, their parents look similar, as you noted before, assuming that the father shaved his head and the mother gained a little weight. But other than that, very <laughs> similar from happen, Jean Benet. Which can mm-hmm, happen. Mm-hmm. That's over time. It mm-hmm. can happen. Both of those things are very doable. I've shaved my head in the last week. Mm-hmm. Kate, yeah. Oh my God. What are you trying to cover up, Mom? Yeah, what are you covering up? <laughs> or uncovering. In Katy Perry's memoir, she wrote Not that I was one of those stage kids, there was no Jean Benet Ramsey inside of me waiting to burst out. This, of course, yet again, the Illuminati laying clues hidden in plain sight, as they love to do, as mentioned in the Jay-Z Beyonce, throwing up the triangle in front of everyone's faces. Hiding in plain sight. Hiding in plain sight. And, of course, in 2006, she tweeted some of the lyrics to the song, God Bless America, which was also the song that Ramsey would sing in her pageants. Interesting. Whoa. Interesting. Not okay. Only two people know that song. You're right. So that's gotta be. The origin of this rumor, all, it all seems to have started in 2014 when a YouTube video was posted titled JonBenet Ramsey is singer Katy Perry, which has since been taken down, but of course others swelled around the rumor. Billy Eichner actually did ask her in an interview at the 2017 VMAs to, quote, blink twice if you're really JonBenet Ramsey. <laughs> and she responded, by laughing and denying the rumor, but oh come on, she's not gonna say it right at the VMA. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. So, ladies, I have laid upon you everything you need to conclude your decision conclusion. <laughs> what is, is your decision conclusion? Is Katy Perry JonBenet Ramsey, and why is she definitely? JonBenet Ramsey. I mean, you didn't even get into the freckle move, or the beauty mark move on her face, mm. and that was all to throw people off the trail. Um, obviously, they are the same person. Okay. It, uh, and they, uh, and I, I don't mean to get further into this, but it, the reason why this is the same person, they are the same person, and why JonBenet Ramsey had to die in order for Katy Perry to live is because her parents were actually enacting a sacrificial ritual to give the success to create Katy Perry. And yes, it is true. All right, Molly, (laughs) Neffel... Um, anti Nicholas Cage, Molly Neffel. Unfortunately, I am also anti uh, Katy Perry as John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. I, I am. I've got to be in. A, I've got to be a hater again because I'm not even certain that they are the same age. Uh, they're not. But they would be the same. <laughs> age. They're not at all. <laughs> I think there's like a seven-year age difference or something. Like, there's no way. There's anti-aging stuff you can do. Don't even get me started on Lord. She's like, apparently like a 50-year-old woman. But let's Mm. save that for another conspiracy. (laughs) Oh! 
That bit. Well, I'm excited for. Wait, what do you think, Holden? Uh, yeah, I agree with Molly. I don't. I don't think that's uh, oh, possible. Oh well. Obviously, they are. They both have blonde hair, and they sing the same song. I just. I don't know where you guys are getting this from. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's time for the list, and not the. I'm sorry. I already previewed a little bit. Oh, who's, who's on, on the, the list? list? It's Robert Stack. Jackie, gotta have, have that, that list. list. I am. Going to save my original list for next week because okay. he, there's yeah. actually some fun, there's some fun trivia facts in this, these fascinating facts about unsolved mysteries. Hell yeah. yeah. Molly, Thank this goes out to you. indulging Hell me yeah. and my weird relationship with unsolved mysteries. Please watch it with me, people. I am completely in. In fact, if you could send me a list of episodes that I definitely have to watch to get my unsolved mysteries whole duggin. Uh, did you know that <laughs> Holden was not okay with me saying that? <laughs> That in the pilot episode, it was not hosted by Robert Stack. It was, in fact, on January 20th, 1987. Good year, guys. That's the year I was born. It was hosted by Raymond Burr. And then Carl Malden. And then Robert Stack took over. Now, that's not that fun of an information. But did you guys know? That in the early episodes, the show didn't use actors to mm. reenact. According to the director, David Vassar. They used Vassar, the real murderers. They used the real family members. There's a disclosure at the beginning that says some of the real family members might be used to act out the crimes. That's this insane This is not a news broadcast. Wow. And they, oh, that, it's so weird. Don't, don't be a sitting down. Sorry to usurp the list, no, Jackie. Please. But don't be sitting down. <laughs> It is. Imagine a true crime show where you're sitting down with somebody being like, yeah, she was my daughter and now she's missing. And then in the next scene, it's that person from the sit down interview being like, I'm here to file a police report about my missing daughter. Like they mobilize the victims of crimes to be actors in the show. I that is absolutely insane. This is one of the reasons why I, I had to read out those lists. Yes, in the DVD commentary, the acting of these first seasons when we were just getting our feet wet was not up to snuff. As we went through the seasons, we were able to pay top dollar and get good people, so it just got better and better. So what you're saying is, not only did you use their pain, but you also didn't pay them any money? <laughs> that's some, like, a- that's some, like that. active killing shit. Yes, like- <laughs> don't do that. And also, apparently, there's an easy way to tell if the actors were bad. This is an Unsolved Mysteries hallmark, and it's a secret, wink, Vassar said in DVD commentary. But if the narrator talks a lot and the actors don't talk at all, it means the acting is really very bad. (laughs) And the narrator is going to cover everything up. They were too busy mourning their lost loved ones (laughs) to do proper acting. (laughs) It is fully cast by victims' family members, season one at least. I can't believe that they were allowed to do something like that. It's insane. It is so fucking insane. And they'll have, like, the cop will also be the one that's like, oh, yeah, here, tell me, take the report. Like, I wonder, like, was it therapeutic for people to do this? Was Was it traumatic? Like, what was going on in reenacting these Stories. Apparently, they were doing anything that they could to cut costs because at the time, an hour-long scripted drama cost about $1.5 million per episode. 
but they were sold by only costing $375,000 an episode. I mean, they built Isn't that sets, nuts? though. Yeah, it is nuts, but also any the fact that the 80s and 90s were based, true crime shows were based on reenactments, like... How much overhead, you know, to create a whole set? You also have to remember, I don't know if it's the same then as it is now, but now I know, and at least for the past eight to ten years, they use exclusively non-union actors, so they don't have to really pay them that much money. So it's any way of anyone for to be able to get as much money as they make, but they don't have to follow the SAG guidelines, which I don't really know how they do that and how they get around that, but... um. They certainly do. Wow. (laughs) Stack compared unsolved mysteries to theater. This is what I was talking about. He says, we're balancing two needs here. We're trying to produce theater and we're trying to do a public service. Stack's stage comparisons didn't end there. He saw his duty as host, according to Cosgrove, as akin to the stage manager of Our Town. The three-act play, written by Thornton Wilder, takes place in the small town of Grover's Corners and features stories from a period between the years of 1901 and 1913. The stage manager served as the narrator. So is he just referencing Our our town, which I mean, you know, that's quite the Richard Stack thing, I think, to do. I our, guess our town's yeah, you know, it's a boring name. Our town's fine. It's up there with Oklahoma for some of the most boringly it's titled, boring. and it's maybe a little boring. Didn't we do it? Didn't somebody do it at FSU? Yeah, Florida State. We did it, and it was a snoo. It was a bit of. I think it got two snoozes. Laying down was the review. Oh, come on. Our town's fine. (laughs) It's a good high school play to do. (laughs) Um, Well, apparently all of Robert Stack's segments were recorded at the Masonic Temple in California. The temple was located in Pasadena, and we liked it as a set because it evoked ghostly spirits and things like that. That's Illuminati, yeah. dude. That's Illuminati came out of Mason, or or no, Illuminati started separately, but used the Masons to spread to bring members in when it had to become a fully secret organization. Whoa! I feel like it's really yeah. good that we're talking about this today because this week is is very important when it comes to asteroids and shit, then things falling from the sky. <laughs> because apparently Robert Stack was very unnerved about doing, and he was very uh. No, I guess it's the word non-surplused, skeptical. Let's non-plussed. stick to skeptical about the paranormal stuff. Non-plus? <laughs> yeah, non-plus. What's non-surplus then? There is no such thing as non-surplus. Is that a fake That's word? That's just a word you created right here, right now. It means not enough extra, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Non-surplus. The word you made up, I think you could say it mean anything. You could say it meant uh, uh, the sky. You could say it meant fire. Uh, or maybe there's just like a surplus. Like, oh, oh Monsignor comma and surplus. I'll stop. And he uh, was skeptical. Monsignor comma. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> um, it's time. It's time okay, for you. It's time for you, Holden. Oh, my God. That last fucking, I don't even, I guess I'll call it a joke, <laughs> made me go blind, guys. Oh, I think that's right. Oh, we yeah. him. It's time for blind items. Okay. Uh, this one's a little lighter for you. <laughs> it might sound jokey right now, but at least one of the two vaccines being worked on in the U.S. will have a version of this actor's name in the name of the vaccine. The company what? thinks 
The company thinks it will make it stand out from their competition here and abroad. It will make the public clamor for it. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. And what do you think it's called? Ooh. All right. Well, Tom Hanks a, f- a flu. Tom Hanks. Oh, it's the Hank scene. Yes! Is it the Hank scene? You got it, yes! Jackie. Oh. Hank scene. Oh. Hank scene. Jackie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Queen of the pun. Tom, Tom Hanks. <laughs> wow. I know, right? That was actually a really good job. I don't think I would have guessed that. Tom Thank Hanks you. joked Thank about you. calling it this on a recent episode of NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me after telling them that he and his wife gave blood to places working on a vaccine as they tested positive for the antibodies after having the C word. That just gave me the the, the reason to open up White Claw numero due. Thank you. It's a celebration. <laughs> um, all right. Moving right along, as Kermit would say, this A-list acting couple has discovered their previous habit of not being together during their marriage so they were free to explore the crazy stuff they like to explore was the right route to go being at home together exposes the fact that they don't really like each other all that much and also they were pretty crap parents brad and angelina no no they're not together anymore kim and kanye no uh, actor. These are actor actors. Oh, actors. And actors. and kind of a very big deal acting couple. Like the 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 dude has ha- probably had more work than the lady. Even though I'd probably consider the lady a better actor. Is it Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively? No. Uh, more old school. Old school with kids. Been around longer. Crazy kids. Oh, uh, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith? Yes. Jada recently did an episode of her daughter and her mother's co-hosted Facebook. I guess her daughter Red and Red Table her... Talk, baby. I watch it. I've watched almost every really? single episode. Really? Did, did you watch oh, the yeah. part where she, she came on it and said, I got to be honest. I think one of the things that I've realized is that I don't know Will at all. I feel like there's a layer that you get to. Life gets busy and you create these stories in your head and then you hold on to these stories and that is your idea of your partner. That's not who your partner is. Let me tell you, that's been something to be married to somebody 20 some odd years and realize I don't know you and you don't know me and also realizing there's an aspect of yourself you don't know either. Y'all, Red Table Talks, I know it is not for everybody, which is why I don't push it very often. And I'm not a fan of Facebook in general. Um, and it is it is put on their, their Facebook streaming whatever bullshit. But it is honest as fuck. Man. And it is so interesting wow. to see three generations of women talking so yeah. honestly about sex and family and life and being that sounds kind of awesome it's i am weird and some of it are definitely like i skip some episodes like when they brought on jordan woods to talk about the like oh so what's going on with kylie like i don't give a yeah, fuck about yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. but everything else there was an episode where jada pinkett smith brought on will smith's first wife that Whoa. she cheated with Will Smith on, and they Will Smith had a has a son with this woman, and she brought her on to talk about how they overcame it and actually kind of became friends. Wow! And it is a and she like looking her dead in the eye, just being like, "I hated you, yeah, for a long time," and it is wow. so weirdly cathartic, and sometimes to a point that I feel bad watching it because it is a little like. I feel like maybe I shouldn't be watching this. Right. But right. it's, 
I'm very, I'm very fascinated by it. That's cool. And I like those kids. I like both Willow and Jaden a lot. I think they're super interesting. So I would totally watch the three generation conversation. That sounds cool. Well, here's, here's another couple in trouble. Whenever this foreign-born A-list country singer starts blathering on about his actress wife and how wonderful she is, it usually means she cuckolded him. <gasps> I just like the use, the Shakespearean use of cuckold. Cuckolded. In this situation. Cheated on, cheated on him. I think it's Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. 100%. Urban, in a recent interview in the Times. Obvious. In yeah. The, yeah, in a recent, exactly, way too obvious. Urban, in a recent interview in the Times, said there's no question that Nick has been a huge influence on my creativity, simply for the way she approaches things in such a bold way. Curiosity makes her go towards something regardless of whether she thinks she can do it, which is absolute evidence, not only that JonBenet Ramsey is definitely Katy Perry, but of also course. that they, that, that Nicole has been cheating on her, on, on, I'm sorry, on him, getting a big, dirty, uh, down under ding dong, uh, oh, yeah. no, a down on the ding dong. Yeah, but down on the ding ding. <laughs> wow. and, and he's like downstairs, he's like, baby, baby, I wrote a new, ooh, your eyes make my body move. You know what I mean? And she's like, yeah, yeah. But she's like leaned over the counter and she's just like getting slammed. Yeah, and she's like, get more wrist guards. And maybe it's because <laughs> of the wrist things. It always makes me think of you, Molly. What are they called? The rashes? Oh, Rashy the wristbands, wrist my, ska, my ska sweatbands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say that Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman are one of the most baffling celebrity couples out there <laughs> because, boy, are they not matched in terms of hotness or coolness. And no. I'm sorry to any big pop country fans out there. Maybe Keith Urban is very cool, but I think that it is a big head scratcher. I get it. I think that he is apparently fairly suave. And fairly charming. He did a very cool, his turn on the One World thing where he played every instrument and like played a whole song as a band that was a five was of fun. him. And then she walked in at okay. the very end and I could see, I was like, oh, mm. I, I get this. I could see how you would be, someone would be into that. Like, you know. See, honestly, Molly, I understand what you're saying, but I kind of feel like it's flipped. Ah. I think Nicole Kidman is beautiful, but I kind of think that she's a little too cold for him. Mm. Oh, all right. So I hear what you're saying. I don't know if they're necessarily matched, but I think that she might be a stone cold, beautiful bitch. She's as cold as ice and you got to make the sacrifice. Oh. Wow! <laughs> if I'm Nicole Kidman and I'm doing those scenes with Alexander uh, Sarsgaard, um, and then I go home to Keith Urban, I gotta say, you know, what am I doing with my life? Oh man, those scenes problematically Problematic. <laughs> problematically. Ooh, I shouldn't, but ooh, I do. We talk about big little eyes, baby. Mamma mia! I mean, many of those scenes are bad, but They're I'm just bad. saying that when you are. When you're that close to Alexander Sarsgaard, mm. Sarsgaard, Sarsgaard, whichever I always forget. In any case, imagine how good he smells. Yeah, he's got to. You got to go home to Keith Urban and be like, "Where, where did I go wrong? <laughs> you're not the same. I don't want this one." <laughs> that is what I would say too. On that 
weird gross note i am <laughs> of, with seeing eyes again and that oh. means that we must be done with blind items how do i read them is it because of the tom hanks scene tom <laughs> hanks scene tom hanks scene well, I, it's not even it's not even a wordplay that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> which is why i got it so quickly i hanks think scene. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah that's it i think that's and i think that also means the show and as you can see behind me my lovely wife Alexis is is doing Taco Tuesday. Hey, I'm great. so excited to go eat it. So I gotta get out of here, guys. We love <laughs> you guys so much. Thank you for joining us today with our little our little gab gab fest that we had. I had so much fun. I'm sweating. I I am I'm sweating. We're hitting the time of year. But my name is Jackie Zabrowski, and thank you guys for joining us. Where can they find you, Jackie? Places. I don't know. You find me on Instagram at Jack That Worm. And yes, I am still doing Modland for our Patreon. I am continuing on in our audiobook. I just hit chapter 42. And um, we've got under 100 pages left. Congratulations. So also, and I meant to say that I think that something that I'd like to start dilly-dallying with is reading fun fan fiction for our Patreon. So... I'm going to start gathering some good. So if you have any extra spicy, spicy favorites that you want to send my way, please do, because I got the need to read. Oh. I've got that, that <laughs> classic Harry Potter one. We'll talk about it. Um, the Evanescence Harry Potter one oh, is yes. great. Uh, I, it, it may be fake, but it doesn't matter. It's the still My fantastic. Immortal one or whatever. Yes, I was yes, thinking about so starting good. with that one. Uh, of course, you have to. All right, well, I'm Holden McNeely. You can catch me with Jackie on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Holdenator's Ho. But even almost more like importantly than that, I'm going to go ahead and say, check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. Jackie just talked about how we're putting extra, extra, extra content on there. You, At the end of the day, you get one extra episode a week for just $5 a month. But obviously, with what Jackie just said, that's just the beginning. So that's just scratching the surface. So check us out. Patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. Molly! I am MJK. LCAT on Instagram. And it's delightful and we love you very much. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.